What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. Okay, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we're kicking off season two with this episode's guest, Dragica Rastegorac. Uh, Dragica is a Peruvian Croatian who moved to the homeland in search of a better or different life. And since then, she's learned the Croatian language, started her own Croatian-themed brand and business, Puro Amor, which you might already be familiar with and even does stand-up comedy in Croatian. Uh, in this episode, we're going to hear the why and how behind her story. Dragica, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, Stanko. Thank you for being your podcast, actually. Yes, I appreciate you coming on. You know, I had heard about you a while ago because you are, you know, a so-called success story in terms of moving <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you that... made it sound very big. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. I mean, you you made the move here first of all. You had to deal with the paperwork. I know that's always a hassle. You found a job, hobbies. You started a business, and now you're living here in Croatia happily. And yeah. um, <laughs> uh, that that's the most important thing, right? You know, before we sort of talk about all this, you know, your company, your brand, your stand-up comedy. Can we sort of go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about your Croatian background and heritage? Uh, well, uh, my dad is from Croatia. He's actually from Bucharest. He's like, I always say 100% Croatian or 200% Croatian. Uh, and my mom is half Croatian and half from everywhere in Europe uh, because I don't have really family from Peru, but we were all born in Peru. So growing like three quarters of family, really, really, really Croatian. So I just uh, grew up in that culture, even though we didn't finish at home, but uh, we always uh, went to the church on Croatian. We always sung Croatian songs. Uh, we were and uh, like for traditions, very, very Croatian. Uh, some things that people didn't even understand. I remember I talked instead of good night to everybody, even when growing up and going to my friend's house, it was so normal to me to say Lakunoch that they were, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, I forget I'm not at home and I have to explain what Lakunoch means. <laughs> You're from Lima, right? In Peru? Yes, in Peru, in oh. Lima, yes, I grew up in Lima. What in general is the Croatian community like there? Is it a big community? Unfortunately, no. Uh, it's uh, now most people from third and fourth generation. I'm the second, but uh, most of them are uh, ne uh, granddaughters and grand uh, sons of uh, the people that came in the '84 uh, after the Second World War. I think that's when the strongest community uh, arrived in Croatia uh, because they arrived all together and they needed a club or a place where to to have uh, parties and reunions and everything so I say that uh, that's when it was stronger but then 
uh, it fade away a little bit. It's not that big as in Chile or Argentina, unfortunately. I think that after this program of Croaticum started and people started to come here, it kind of uh, expanded a little bit to this fourth generation, for example, because they found out that they have a place to go as Croatians. Mm -hmm. Well, so it sounds like in Lima then, um, it's more of a third and fourth generation. People aren't as close to their yeah. roots as in other communities in Latin America. Yes, definitely. Uh, there is not a lot of people talking Croatian, for example, or having connection with the songs, for example, Croatian, but I heard Croatian songs, but uh, unfortunately, there is not a lot of people uh, doing that with their families because they don't have how. You know, they have a grandfather or a grandmother from Croatia. Most of them pass away, unfortunately, so they don't have a link to Croatia until they come here. Mm -hmm. And had, had you been to Croatia at all growing up as a kid? Uh, I lived in Osijek for two years when I was nine years old. Uh, it was after the war and uh, the government had like a, um, like a support for families back after the war. Uh, we took that uh, and tried to live here, but it was hard for my mom because of the language. And uh, then we decided to go back because uh, it was it was not a good economic situation. It was better uh, on that time in Lima. Mm -hmm. Now, then moving once to Croatia and moving back to Peru, what then, um, you know, why did you decide to try it a second time? What was different for you? Well, I always had like a bug <laughs> saying me go to Croatia. Um, I didn't understand why, but uh, I wanted to try. I heard and first I thought that it would be like uh, really hard uh, for expenses and everything. But then when I read more about that, I realized that uh, it wasn't that expensive as going somewhere else. And uh, I came here in 2014. Uh, I had a little bit of a shock. Because as coming from diaspora, it's like everybody loves Croatia and everybody would give everything to be in Croatia. And then you come here, so happy that you're finally in Croatia and they're all like, why are you here? And I was like, because I love Croatia. I was like, but people was like, why? And then I understand that uh, there are not the kind of people that I socialize with nowadays. But at the beginning, it was kind of a shock because I think everybody here was happy uh, to be here. You know, but uh, then I went back to Croatia because to Peru was kind of a shock for me uh, to be around so many people that don't love Croatia. I thought that the love for Croatia was bigger outside than in Croatia. But uh, when I already had to leave, you know, I, I bought the, the ticket back uh, to Peru. And it was like, I, from the moment that I bought a ticket, I had two more months here. And in those two months, I really understand uh, that I want to be here. So I went back to Peru just to say goodbye to everybody, like forever, and then came again and stay here. Wow, that's quite the story. And yeah, I agree. I mean, in the diaspora, I know in Los Angeles, everyone is, you know, about everything Croatian. They love Croatia. I thought it was funny. This is a sort of related story, but during the World Cup in 2018, you know, everyone was wearing all their checkers, you know, all over. I had checkered pants 
that I was wearing and everyone thought it was great in Los Angeles. And then for this World Cup, I was here in Zagreb and I'm looking around and I'm the only one wearing these checkered pants, bright checkered pants and everyone's kind of looking. <laughs> everyone's yeah. also wearing checkers, their jerseys and stuff, but I was the only one with pants. <laughs> and so people were getting a little bit of a smile out of that. But uh, yeah, it's different in the diaspora community, of course, you know, cause that's all you hear about is Croatia and you hear the good things about it and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you mentioned Kroatikum, which is the program that actually I'm in right now as well um, for learning Croatian for the diaspora to come back to Croatia and learn. Uh, what was that like for you? How much, I mean, you had moved, you were in Osijek for two years before that. How much Croatian did you know before you started this program? Uh, I understand some of it. So I was like uh, 1A plus. Uh, the ones that know something but don't know uh, gram grammar at all. Uh, uh, and it was okay. I mean, it wasn't that hard for me. I mean, it's hard. The padages and that, that is hard for, for Croatian people. That is hard. Uh, but the understanding wasn't that hard. Uh, so then I stumbled. Uh, I didn't have the 2A, just the 1B and 2B. Two, and it was it was okay it wasn't uh, the hardest thing because uh, when you see that uh, sometimes the teacher has problems to explain you why some rules are like that then you say like okay i don't have to understand why <laughs> i just have to memorize it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah times like that you realize wow how difficult the croatian you know learning croatian is yeah really difficult but coming, oh, sorry, coming from Spanish, did, is that, I mean, me learning from English, it was hard. Is it any different, do you think, coming from a Spanish language background or no? Mm, I think it's the same. Uh, I mean, English and Spanish are different, but I think that um, in general, the difficulty is the same. It's not like coming from Poland, for example, that they also have padaji and they, they can like understand the Instead of that, but uh, uh, Spanish or English is the same. We don't have Badaji, uh, which is, I think, the hardest thing to understand when you just arrive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of, you know, just arriving, do you have maybe any advice for people who are learning Croatian for the first time? Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important. Yeah, at times it definitely yeah. takes and, too long. And try to not speak uh, English because uh, I know that here in Croatia a lot of people know English, and it would it is easier to just throw the whole conversation in English. But uh, if you do that, I mean, I, you can do, do the first month. But then when you have some words, try to use them because if you don't start at the beginning, then it will be harder. It's not like you are going to learn everything and then you're just going to start speaking Croatian. No, you you will fail and people will laugh of you a lot of time and it's normal, but uh, it's better than being here 50 years speaking English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I made that mistake as well as falling back on English when I don't know how to say something in Croatian and it makes it easier to get around, but it makes it harder to learn the language, of course. Um, yeah. How yeah. would you say your your level is now? Are you fluent? Is it easy for you to you know communicate on the day-to-day -day basis in Croatian? 
Uh, yes, I communicate like 90% of the time in Croatian, maybe with my brother in Spanish and with my parents when, when they are here or some family. But in general, I speak Croatian and I work in Croatian. I still make uh, mistakes, especially grammar. But uh, in general, I can understand 98%. You know, sometimes when you go somewhere like, I don't know, Zagorje or some islands that they have totally different vocabulary, it's, uh, it's hard. But in general, I can understand everything and everybody understands me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to talk about your stand-up comedy. I mean, for that, you are speaking Croatian. And, you know, that's a, another level of understanding a language if you're able to tell jokes in a different language. Uh, how did you get started in comedy? Well, uh, in Peru, I did a lot of acting. And uh, when I came, I wanted also to perform. But it's hard uh, to perform in Croatian when you don't know. I, I started in acting the same year that I came here. So I really didn't understand everything. And we have some classical um, uh, scripts like uh, Shakespeare, Moliere, and that is hard in Spanish. In Croatian, it's other level. So um, I wanted to look for a way to be on stage to do something similar than acting. And I just saw the some promotions I think about Studios Mieja and I called and Marina Orsak told me that I would be funny for my accent. So it's a big mystery still if I'm funny funny or I'm funny in Croatian, but people laugh. It's good. Either way, the goal, you've reached the goal. You've got people to laugh, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I have that same problem. I started doing stand-up in Croatian um, a few months ago. I've gone maybe five, six times. And yeah, that's. I also think Probably, especially for me, because my Croatian is not very good yet, that mostly when they laugh, it's I'm saying something wrong or I'm just saying it in a funny way. Yeah. With an <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, at least they're laughing. At least they're laughing. At least they're laughing. Yeah. How, how would you, Dragica, how would you describe um, Croatian humor? Is, did it different, is it different, you think, from in Peru or, you know, speaking in English? Is there something different you have to do when thinking of jokes in Croatian or just in general how, how is Croatian humor seen to you? Uh, well I think it most depends on the city for example when I had a uh, stand-up in Istria it's really it's easier uh, it's like they are already um, they are really relaxed you know they are really ready to laugh in Zagreb especially if it's some bigger place, if it's not like a coffee uh, or a pub, uh, they are more like, they need 15 minutes or a beer to relax. You know, I think that's the main difference, but in general, they they know how to laugh, especially women. Sometimes with men, it's harder, but women, they laugh a lot. So you're telling me I need to go to Istra in front of an all-female crowd to get the most Yeah, laugh. that will go very well. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try and set that up somehow, <laughs> kickstart my career here. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your business that you started, which is uh, Puro Amor, which is Spanish for pure love, right? Mm, I, in Spanish, it would be just love. Love. I, I should have double-checked. I thought, oh, I took Spanish in high school. I don't need to double-check. <laughs> Google Translate before the episode. <laughs> no, what but you're you not the only one. Everybody, everybody thinks that it's pure love or chista liubav. 
And I'm oh. like, no, if it's amor puro, then it's pure love. But if it's pure amor, it's just love or samadhyoba. Ah, okay. My old Spanish professor would kill me if he heard me <laughs> mess this up. Well, talk to us a little about that. Where did you get the idea? What is it, first of all? And where did you get the idea for it? Uh, it's a new brand because it's still new. Uh, that uh, I started here in Zagreb because I love creation language. I love quotes and I wanted to make something with that that will show to people creation lifestyle, creation sense of humor. Sometimes it's really sarcastic. Sometimes it's just cute. But in general, I love to use creation quotes and things that I date and put them on products. And so people can use can uh, wear their attitudes in 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 the products or the, there could be t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, uh, tote bags, but most of the things are with. Uh... Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of maybe one or two phrases or words that you would put on those? Uh, the first one, I think it was the first one that I created, uh, I collect mugs and I wanted to have a mug in creation, but not like the, the cathedral or something like that. I wanted something creative and I couldn't find anywhere. So I said like, how would, how would I say, but first coffee in creation, something similar to that. And I created Nemrem Nish Priyakade, which was, I think the first mug that I that I uh, created and it was for a long time one of the best sellers because it's really like very it's very creation you know like you can't start anything before coffee that is one of the first ones then the creation dictionary collection it was really well accepted by uh, especially pomalo or fiaca where I explain what pomalo means if you are not from Croatia and you can't understand means to us mm -hmm. and were you getting i mean did it hit off right away as soon as you started the business you were getting a lot of customers or did it take time uh i started in 2017 like unofficially because i didn't really had the time working at the museum of illusions so i didn't have time to do everything you have to do when you have a brand uh, so it didn't kick off immediately uh, it started at the end of the of that year when I uh, how do you say the, when they heard me from uh, the museum and uh, I had to look for a way to live and I said if I don't take a chance now for my brand we'll look for another job and I will still go in that circle that I don't have time to do what I like so I just uh, paid for an in one uh, like Facebook group that is about Zagreb, Zagreb Facts. And that's how it started actually to be nice. And then uh, they called me for some uh, fairs and then it all started to grow. Yeah, the rest is history, they say. Uh, that's, that's a big leap. <laughs> yes. It's a big leap, you know, to start a business, especially in Croatia, where a lot of people complain about, you know, the paperwork and bureaucracy. How, what was your experience like in, in starting up a business in Croatia? Well, I was 
afraid because of that, of people saying that it's really hard. And I think that maybe because I was so afraid that I wasn't going to understand everything I was supposed to need, um, I just went to the office and asked for, I, and I, I think I looked very clueless when I was there because everybody was helping me like I was a little lost child. And uh, they were really, really nice with me. They explained everything to me and it wasn't that hard. It was like, okay, there are some things that I have to do that I don't see the sense on that. For me, it doesn't have some papers or this or that. But when you do all together, it takes you one day, two days to do everything. So it's not that hard. Maybe because it's like Obert, which is uh, more simple to do. When, when you have a really like another kind of uh, firm, it's different, harder, and it's more money. But for what I, the model of business that I have, it wasn't that hard as I was expecting. Mm -hmm. So for people who are maybe who were in your same position where they want to start a business, but they're you know scared to do it in Croatia, you would say, go for it. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, I think I would say go for it. Of course, no, you're not going to invest all your money, but uh, if you read on uh, on like important or sites that really look that they have all the information because you can difference is fake news or not, uh, you read, you ask to people uh, that know, and especially I would stay apart from Facebook groups. Because when I was added to these Facebook groups about uh, firms and uh, things in Croatia about businesses, uh, they were all like bad uh, stories and bad experiences, nothing positive. So I said, I, I can't, I can't be here. I just closed because it, uh, it was just making me very confused. <laughs> yeah, too much negativity. Yeah, and fake news, you know, like, yeah. like this happened to me. And actually, that person made a big mistake, and that's why that happened to them. Huh. So you definitely you need to listen to the advice of people who know what they're doing. Then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Dragica, um, as we sort of come down to the the end of the episode here, I want to ask you: Do you have any future plans? You know, as far as comedy, as far as your brand, um, you know, what sort of your goals for the future here in Croatia? Uh, I would love to have more stand-up comedy, of course. Now we were talking about stand-up comedy in English, and we will see now if I'm funny or funny in Croatian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my brand, I want to create more. This year, 2022, was a very busy year, but from the side of production, because I had a lot of collaborations with a lot of stores. And I want this year to create more because I have a lot of ideas, but last year I didn't have the time. So I really want to create more and be able to get to more people that love Croatia, even they are here or out, outside of Croatia. Mm -hmm. Where can people find your products? Is it in store? Do you have a website or Instagram that you could shout out? Uh, for now, uh, they can find uh, on our website, Puramo. Uh, dot com or uh, in a store next to in front of the cathedral actually in Zagreb uh, they have some of dictionary products and in split on the store discover Croatia they can also find some put more things 
now and when the summer comes there are a lot of stores in different cities awesome well i have only one last short question for you uh, because i know that peru is known for its amazing food and i'm sure that you miss some of you know the the specialties over there do you have a favorite croatian dish Favorite Croatian dish? I I would say burek, but then we would say that's not from Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> so I will change to Tada from uh, Dalmat, the Dalmatia. Oh yeah, that's very good. Actually, I think I've only yeah. had it in the in the Menza here. Which if it's good in the Menza, I mean it's good any. It's even better. Yeah, if it's good in the Menza, then for sure it's good somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Dragica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate the time. And, you know, we're looking for, forward to exciting things from you and from the brand and for your uh, stand-up comedy as well. Thank you for the time also and for inviting me.